right. Uh, good evening. We'll see what happens. Boom! <laughs> oh, one day someone's going to... Hi! Someone's going to mess with me. <laughs> um, today I'm speaking to the lovely Christina. Hi, Christina. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Christina Lutzik-Bergo, and I am a Minnesotan from the United States, in case somebody doesn't know where Minnesota is. And I've been living in Austria now for nearly 20 years. So I'm here in the Alps, not Australia. It's cows, not kangaroos. Yeah. Um, and I am a historical fiction writer. It's not what I intended to do, <laughs> so, but that's what I've become. And uh, we are celebrating actually my 10th book. So September 2nd was my 10th novel out in the beautiful white world. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Oh, I didn't catch that question. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you I always? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you, you couldn't get that? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? This I did. Um, so it was the second grade and I, am, I, I have been looking for Sharon Davis forever from Cleveland Elementary School in North Minneapolis. Um, she was my second grade teacher. Wonderful, beautiful lady. I will never forget her smile. She was just gorgeous. And um, she, she gave us the assignment to write a short ghost story um, for Halloween. And at that time, I was really into the paranormal genre, okay? <laughs> and so as a kid, I was devouring all of these library books about ghost stories and haunted houses and everything. And I am willing to share on public viewing here <laughs> that I plagiarized my first story. My first ever published story was plagiarized. What I ended up doing was simply taking all the ghost stories that I had written or read, sorry, read and place them into our house. So from room to room, um, there was one of my ghost stories happening, you know? And what I later did was I started charging 25 cents for ghost house tours at our house with the neighborhood kids. But anyway, Donna, what I want to tell you is this story is so awesome. Um, so Sharon Davis is the reason that I ever wanted to be an author. So she told us to do these, these short stories about ghosts and all the kids are going up and she calls them and you got to imagine, you know, you got, I don't know, 25, how old are we at the time? We're seven or eight years old, right? So 25, seven or eight year olds are sitting around on the ground in a circle and everybody's tittering and knocking each other about you know and nobody's listening and the kid goes up and he's reading his story so once upon a time there was a ghost and then there wasn't one or something like that right and I go up there with sheafs of paper like a stack right because you know we had at least 20 rooms in our house so I had a story for every room okay and the first thing I saw was Sharon David his eyes going oh my god <laughs> you know? and the next thing I knew is I got up there and I started telling my story 
and I was using my voice, you know, as a second grader, probably went, <laughs> it was much higher. <laughs> <laughs> and then I noticed that something was terribly wrong. Something was not right. And so I looked away from the paper and I looked around the room and all 24 kids were still and they're all looking at me. Donna, I tell you, I remember thinking to myself, this is what I want to do with my life. <laughs> I want this power. You know? <laughs> so Sharon Davis, this one goes out to you. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> but ask me if that was the route I took. No, no. I, I'm supposed to be a veterinarian, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so what made you finally take the plunge and actually start writing properly? Um, my midlife crisis. <laughs> I figured if I don't start this now, when, you know? Um, so my, my second husband and hopefully my last husband, I'm, I'm pretty sure he is my last husband, um, they say three times is the charm, but I'm going to say two in this case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my second husband, I met pretty late in life. So if 39 is late, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and we made the very, very, very big decision not to have kids. And so I said, either I'm going to have a baby and raise a child with you, or I'm going to start making book babies. Both are going to take me a lot of time okay. <laughs> and we made he has three kids already from his first marriage and we decided okay we're not going to have it for a lot of different reasons but um yeah so I started making book babies and I had a story that was burning in the back of my mind like by that time when we met it'd been eight years so I was really really I I went from veterinary or pre-vet med to journalism because it seemed easier. Um, <laughs> you don't have to do chemistry in you know journalism. And you don't, don't even have to talk do to me about chemistry. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and, and physics, you know? I mean, like all the stuff that I hated, I didn't have to do if I was gonna do journalism. So. <laughs> So I went into journalism and, um, and so I, 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 I kind of got this inquiring minds want to know thing going on. Um, and when I first came to Austria, I was only supposed to be here for two weeks. I was kind of, I was supposed to fly out of Belgium, but I decided, ah, why not go to Austria? Cause I had met an Austrian while I was traveling in Alaska. And so see, I was not supposed to be a historical fiction writer. I was supposed to be a travel narrator writing, you know, for like Condé Nast, but short stories. Okay. About the people that I met. Um, and instead I called up this Austrian and I said, Hey, I'm here on the continent. So it can't be that far from you. Right. It's like going to Chicago from Minneapolis to Chicago. <laughs> He's like, sure, I'll pick you up. And then we traveled down to Italy together. And when you cross over from the, from the um, Russian pass, which is just before Innsbruck. So I'm in Western Austria, which is where he was, but he's not the guy I married. 
grade, by the way. Okay. But anyway, so we, we drove to in the direction of Innsbruck and then you go south. And when you cross over the border, you think, okay, in every European country, like you immediately know when you cross from Belgium into France, or you immediately know when you cross from France into Spain, okay? The signs change, like languages, you know, for one. Architecture is different. The culinary experience is a little bit different. We crossed from Austria into Northern Italy and nothing changed. It looked like Tyrol, which is where I'm at, by the way. I'm in, I'm in Tyrol right now. And uh, so I said, we are in Italy, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, we are. I said, why are those signs still in German? And he says, well, something about Mussolini and Hitler. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? so, and then my mouth just dropped. You get over this pass and all of a sudden in front of you is this beautiful snow cone blue. Do you know what snow cone blue is? Do you know like these, these shaved ice things with this like totally chemical blue color? Yeah, that was that. that, that that was the color, Donna, seriously. And we got over the pass and there's a snow cone blue lake stretching four miles to the south, nestled in between the peaks of the Alps. And I went, whoa, that's a huge lake. Coming from Minnesota, you know, it takes a lot to impress a Minnesotan with lakes. Okay, but that was impressive because with us, lakes are just flat. You could be skating across the field and then you're skating on the pond or lake and then you're skating on the field again okay but this was like mountain lake okay <laughs> and I thought wow this is gorgeous and then I went oh because off to the side of the road there was a 15th century medieval church tower sticking out of the water and I thought how does that even happen you know, you want to know? I really I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I ended up finding out was there were actually seven villages underneath this reservoir. And it took me another five years and a lot of questions. And I had to learn some Italian and I had to learn a lot of German to read the documents and stuff. But um, within, I would say approximately five years, I had a series in my head um, of novels. And that was my official entry to historical fiction writing. So this journalism degree, storytelling, and just inquiring minds want to know, you know? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's some story. <laughs> some uh, some journey as well blimey yeah 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 um I ended up staying in Austria because yeah for a whole lot of reasons but that was one of the big reasons I just thought there's so much to discover here and that's what I do now so what I I my website is called inktrex.com and what I do like ink when you write you know and treks like trekking um and so what I do is I travel and then I start asking questions about things like for example in Ireland have you ever been to like what it oh what are these islands called off of the west coast do you do you know not um, off the top of my head I've only been okay. to Dublin, so 
Yeah, somebody will know. And if anybody comments below, you're entered into my contest. So it'll be a contest, by the way. I'm giving away books. Um, if anybody remembers what the name of these islands are off to the west coast of Ireland. Um, so there's a little trap and pony kind of coming up there. And I took the trap and pony because, you know, that's what Americans do when they're visiting Europe. What else would you do? Um, <laughs> And we go and I'm like, so these stone fences, they have like one rock that's kind of always up, you know? And I would just start making up stories about this and, and whoever would listen at the pubs and after a few Guinnesses, everybody would listen. <laughs> um, I would just tell them like BS stories about why the rocks on these fences are up, right? <laughs> so can you imagine how disappointing pointed I was when iPhones came into the world and everybody could just Google shit. Sorry. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, for storytellers or for BSers like I am, because I do have a BS degree in BSing. Um, for, <laughs> I'm like, this was like the end of an era of BSers. It sucked. Somebody would go, Hey, why is this and that so and everybody's like all right i'll just find out on google you know <laughs> and i'm like wait just give me two seconds i'll come up with a story <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's so true <laughs> <laughs> it sucks but thank god for ebooks that's all i gotta say <laughs> yeah <know>? this is <laughs> <laughs> so that was my so my first like it's not my first book my first book we can just kind of say it was a, a happy or unhappy accident in my case uh, it, it was just it it happened okay <laughs> it's kind of like the first child you don't want to really talk about it but <laughs> we just keep them in the closet and <laughs> But my my other children, we can definitely talk about. <laughs> yeah. So that was the Russian Valley series is the one that um, I did about South Tyrol. Because what I found out is when we crossed over the border, it's not. Um... <laughs> my girlfriend who is here with me in Tyrol right now, she, um, she and I are on a working holiday um, in a wellness area. <laughs> But her husband just returned from South Tyrol. So this is the northern part of Italy. And she was telling a story about some guy walked into the bar and he says, so what are you? Are you Italian or are you Austrian? And he goes, I am South Tyrolian. You know, these guys are like super nationalistic. And uh, yeah, I, I wrote five books about um, that whole history. And it's, it's something that most travelers to Northern Italy are not going to understand because it's one hell of a political mess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. still today and this is what interested me so much is that there was this kind of like um kind of like this northern ireland irish i, I traveled to northern ireland and ireland so it's kind of why i keep bringing it up but it's it's still this kind of like you know tender the wounds are still a little bit tender you know what i mean same thing but but yeah, my 10th book is actually, 
um, is historical fiction, but World War II. So I have three books that are out on World War II Ukraine and World War II Sudetenland, which was Czechoslovakia at that time. So now you get to pepper me with questions. <laughs> right, so out of all the books you've written so far, do you have a favorite character? Oh, yeah. nice and easy for you. <laughs> um, gosh, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think one of my favorite characters that I had fun writing was the Colonel in the Russian Valley series. He is one evil son of a gun. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of a Scorpio. So, you know, I like to like, instead of taking it out on the people in my real life, <laughs> I just put it into the characters and situations in my books. <laughs> Scorpions don't get angry. We just get even. Okay. No, so he's a lot of fun to write. Um, him and, and my protagonist, Angelo. So it's, it's a very big father-son conflict that's going on there. Um, for various reasons, though. So when I, when I write antagonists, I make sure that they're that their story is absolutely three-dimensional so that you have, as a reader, that you have some sort of sympathy or empathy, at least, you know, um, with the character so that you can say, okay, you know, he's a little, what do we say, um, wayward or his methods are not what I would, you know, prescribe to, but I can understand what motivates him, what drives him or her, you know, in that respect. Um, I think another character that I absolutely loved writing um, besides Magda in The Girl from the Mountains. So I have um, three World War II books besides the last book in the Russian Valley series, which does actually go into World War II and after. But my three World War II books is The Girl from the Mountains, which takes place in the Sudetenland, which is um, was the occupied Nazi territory of Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic. And um, then I've got Souvenirs from Kiev, which is a six uh, story collection uh, loosely based on my family's experiences in World War II Ukraine. And then the one that I'm celebrating uh, the release of is The Woman at the Gates. And that is based on my, whew, my spy aunt, great aunt, sorry, my spy great aunt in World War II Ukraine. Ukraine. Um, and one of the people that I really loved writing was Renata in The Girl from the Mountains. That's a, that's a Czechoslovakian story. She is just cool. She is like tough as nails, um, huge woman with wild, you know, kind of black curly hair. Um, and she's just big, you know, big. And she doesn't take anything. And she's got a boyfriend. She marries a guy who is, so she's Jewish and he is Catholic. She marries him underground in a Catholic church and converts into Catholicism. And he's like this to her, you know? Like if we were, if I was Renata, this would be Alish, you know? And Alish is like former military guy, bald little guy. 
And the two of them as characters, I, I loved writing them. I love this dynamic between the two of them. They're both underground partisans. Um, they, they take no baloney, you know, and they, they're the ones that kind of push my, my protagonist Magda um, into becoming uh, a partisan, but also like helping her to develop into her adult, into her adulthood taking responsibility for herself, taking responsibility for whether she's going to exact revenge for what happens to her beloved family, or is she going to find forgiveness? And that's the question that I work with in the book, um, in that novel. And that said, I would say from The Woman at the Gates, I loved writing the two men that I have, are the one and a half Kozaks. Um, it's, my protagonist's best friends from her village and they're all in this secret underground group in World War II Ukraine. And one is like super, super tall, you know? And the other one is really short and they look otherwise almost the same, but not really. And, <laughs> and everybody kind of confuses the two. And so there's a little bit of humor in all of this in that, you know, these two guys are called the one and a half Cossacks. Um, throughout the novel and it's really it it's endearing for me it was very endearing to create these two characters yeah um, if you were to be transported as a character to, into any of your books which book would you choose <laughs> you know what kind of books that right I don't want I, I don't need that more stress <laughs> <laughs> okay no I I do have an answer I think it would be Yuta Yuta is a guest housekeeper in, um, in my Russian Valley series. So this South Tyrolean, Northern Italy story. And um, Yuta is like, she's the postmistress and she runs a guest house and she knows everyone, everyone, which means she also knows everyone's secrets because she has access to their mail, right? She's a cook. She's raising a, a at that time it was called a mongoloid, a mongoloid child. Um, her, her husband used to abuse her and she kicked the hell out of him and kicked him out, right? And took over his inn. I mean, she is a tough as nails cookie. cookie. Yeah, yeah. Utah, definitely. Yeah, I like the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most interesting thing you found out doing research for your books? Oh, God. So much, Donna, so much. I'm, I, think, I think one of the things that really, um, I'm, I also teach, um, I'm actually a, a, a business coach. And so what I do is I help people not only in English, but um, also communication in English, soft skill developments and so on. And what I really love about working with adults is that I always learn something from them. So there's always this consistent exchange of information and I love it because I, again, you know, this is this story hound in me, but also the journalism thing in me. I'm curious, I want to know. Um, and I love like learning from, from others, experts and such. Um, I've learned so much from writing my books. But I think maybe one of the more rewarding trips, um, oh God, I have so many just off the top of my head, but let's just pick Ukraine. Let's stick on topic for book number 10. Um, I traveled to Ukraine and I, 
I traveled to Ukraine because I was working in Poland, met Ukrainian singers and musicians in Krakow. And they invited me to come and stay with them in Ukraine. So I went to visit them. And then they said, Christina, whatever you want to see, whatever you want to do, because I told them I kind of want to write my family's story and visit the places where my family had been. And they said, wherever you want to go, we'll take you. And not too far from Lviv, which is in Western Ukraine in the Carpathians, um, is a place called Truskovets. It's, a, it's kind of a, we don't have these really in America. It's kind of like a, a spa place, you know, where you can go and like bathe, you know, like the old Romans used to do. Okay. So there's this place in Truskovets and not too far from there, I said, when I was looking at the map, I said, oh, this village right down here in the mountains, that was where my great aunt used to teach literature. And so they took me down there and I met her former students. And I never met my great aunt, but I met her former students. And they told me so much about her and so much. And then one of them said, you remind me so much of her, just the way that you behave and your, and your body language and everything. And the way that your eyes light up when you talk about books and yeah. And it was so nice to hear. So um, learning about my family, I think is, is probably the most enriching experiences that I've had is following in their footsteps throughout Europe and back to Ukraine. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> um, do you hide any secret jokes or messages in your books or are there any Easter eggs in there that only a few people would understand? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I don't. I don't know any writer who's not like consistently on radar. You know, like we're just turning the whole time. Every conversation in the room, we're taking it in. And what I do is I sometimes just stare at people, and I and I don't realize it until they kind of give me this uncomfortable look, like what's wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I was. Just, I was just creating a character out of you. <laughs> you <know>? um, <clears throat> my husband, my husband shows up in my books an awful lot. Not only in our dialogues or in some of the, the jokes we have, I try to infuse humor. You know, I, I write pretty heavy stuff. Um, World War II, no holds barred. I, I love the military stuff. Oh my God, I love military strategy. <laughs> You know, um, but I write about the people in it, and I know. I think one of the best tips I ever got from one of my from one of my mentors was, you know, Christina, you got to remember these people like had to eat. They had to eat. Somebody had to be baking bread. You know, like you got to infuse this day to day stuff into it, which for me includes humor because my husband and I are exceptionally humorous, at least to each other, um, and. <laughs> So like little things will come in and, and I'll infuse them into my, you know, pair dialogue. So like my romance areas, I'll, I'll throw those things in because I think they're cool. Um, but on top of that, my husband, um, so here's what happens. I'm writing away and then I'll say, oh man, I got to have an epic fail here. I don't know what the epic fail is going to be, you know, like, my protagonist has to fail. He has to feel like he's just lost everything or that she's just lost everything. Um, and I'm like, oh, 
And I'm really a complicated person. So I end up writing very complicated plots. And then I have to go back and like simplify, 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 simplify. That's what they all say. So I'll go downstairs and um, I'll do one of my secret indulgences. And for the sake of the quiz that I'm going to post up in order for people to win the books, here's three of my secret indulgences. And I'm serious. This is secret. One is vanilla milkshakes from Burger King or from McDonald's. And yes, we have those in Austria as well. Um, chili poppers, you know, like the cheese baked into fried chili things. Yeah. Mm -hmm my god anything with fried cheese okay anything because whoever develops saganaki should have a memorial okay and <laughs> and the third one is that um i smoke on occasion but not like cigarettes okay guys just i do cigarettes okay so i'll go outside when i'm hit when i've hit a wall <laughs> I'll go outside and I'm smoking my cigarette. My husband comes outside. Sometimes I'll smoke one with me. And, um, and I'll say, okay, so what's the problem? <laughs> I'll say, I need an epic fail, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he'll say, okay, so what's the situation? And then I tell him, and because he's like such, he's a mathemat, he's a mathematician. He's like technically really adept, super guy, super guy. Like, warmest most generous person on earth but he's got the brain to just you know keep things simple and he'll say well why doesn't she just like lose the bag of medicine in the town <gasps> and i'm like oh my god that's so easy yes of course i can do that stub out the cigarette and i'm upstairs typing away you know and my husband the reason for all of the twists in my books all of the cool stuff that happens, it's because of Manfred Berger. Yeah, pronounce that correctly, by the way. It's not Berger, it's Berger. Okay. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, I hope he gets uh, well acknowledged in your books as well. <laughs> Oh, every book is, he's definitely in the acknowledgements. I think I've, I've dedicated a book or two to him already. Yeah. I should yeah. think so. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you something, Donna, <laughs> being a writer's widower or widow is, it's not a fun job. It really isn't. We're chaotic. We are sporadic. Um, we are obsessed. Um, we live in our heads. Sometimes you go to bed with 10 or 12 characters. Sometimes, yeah, they're never mind. Um, and so it's like, I mean, these guys are living in a not quite, oh, if anybody, if anybody's read Aaron Morgenstern's um, The Sea of Stars or something, or the Starless, the Starless Sea. My girlfriend was just telling me about this. So these secret doors to Aaron Morgenstern's libraries. Yeah. That's what it's like working with an author or living with an author. You know, um, I have various t-shirts to kind of let him know in which position I'm at. So I have a, or, or coffee cups. I have a coffee cup mug that says, um, 
you are dangerously close to dying in or being killed off in my novel. That's one. <laughs> the other one is my mom gave it to me. It's really fantastic because I told her a story where Manfred interrupted for all, all intents and purposes. It was for a good cause. He came with a martini for me, but I was in the middle of a really difficult scene and he walked in the room and he goes, I made you a martini. And I turned around and went, ah! <laughs> you know? and I think I yelled at him for approximately five minutes. It's about do not disturb a writer in the midst of a very difficult scene. <laughs> but I have to tell you, Donna, he left the martini for me. <laughs> and he quietly walked away and he hasn't done it since. <laughs> not the martini bit. The martini bits he still does. But this time now he hollers from downstairs, can I bring you up a drink? <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll say 10 seconds <laughs> you know? but it's never more than that <laughs> you just go dot 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 <laughs> to be continued <laughs> give me the martini <laughs> you always no, say he is, he's he is the perfect writer's widower. Really, really. <laughs> he really yeah, he is. sounds like it. And a quick learner as well, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, when you have the fire-breathing dragon going at you, you know, and my mom, she got this, I, I don't remember exactly what it says, but beware the dragon because uh, you are crunchy and tasty with ketchup or something like this or whatever, <laughs> but it's, it's cute. So when I put that on, he knows today's a serious writing day. Do not disturb. Leave the <laughs> martini at the door. <laughs> I mean, I've spoken to a lot of authors and, you know, I think you're all weird. Like you're all awesome, but you're all weird. But the partners are the ones that I feel sorry Thank for. You. <laughs> <laughs> We are, we are weird, <laughs> but we're an awful lot of fun at a writer's conference. Let me tell you. <laughs> no question. Yeah. Still weird. Just, I mean, you know, in a nice way, but really weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's quite fun. It's quite fun. I mean, like what, how many jobs are there out there that allow you to live halfway in your imagination the entire time, you know? Like I just had, I just had a meeting with my, with my publishers and I had sent them some concepts for a new book or, or the next books. And they said, yeah, you know, if you took like concept one and concept 10 and concept five and kind of mash them up together, we might have something marketable. I'm like, righty then <laughs> you know? hung up. And I thought I was on holiday, by the way, when we had that phone call. And I thought, I'm just going to jump back into the sea and we'll see what happens. And then all of a sudden, as I'm swimming, up pops up a name. And this is usually how my stories begin. It just begins with the name of a protagonist. And I, I cannot tell you how important names are. They are so important. It tells you essentially everything you need to know, essentially everything you need to know about a character. And so suddenly I had from this mishmash, this one name. And I went, oh my God, I think we've got a story building up here. And, and by the time I was done swimming my laps, I was, I was like, yeah, okay. I know what I'm going to do. 
<laughs> it's cool. It's a fun job. <laughs> uh, would you ever consider straying from historical fiction? Would you try anything else? Australian? Um, no, probably because I would never travel to Australia. I, I, not because I don't want to. Um, actually, Thornbirds, I would have to say, and I'm sorry, I know this is going to sound so cliche, but Thornbirds was probably one of the first books I really, 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 really loved as historical fiction. The funny thing is, is I never thought about writing historical fiction, but I always read historical fiction since I was a girl, always. But I, I never considered that a genre, you know? Um, for me, Australia is so far away and I like to travel to, um, to the, to the locations I'm going to write about. It puts so much fresh wind into my sails. Um, being there, you, I think one of the, the biggest, um, compliments that I get in my writing is that people are really in the world that I create. Um, and that's because I, I really do. I like, I take everything in. This is one of the reasons why I, I actually, I can't do um, big city trips. So when we go on holiday, we're usually on the outlier areas uh, because I just, I take so much of this, all of the sensations in, or what is it called? The, you know, like I hear, taste, smell everything. And my brain is just like on overdrive at that point. So what I do is I visit the place that I'm going to write about and I walk. I walk the streets that my characters would walk. I walk and I, I, I look at the architecture. I jot down, I take lots of photos. And the interesting thing is, is I almost never look at those photos again, <laughs> only to see what it's called. For example, I learned oriel windows. Do you know what an oriel window is? An oriel window is one of these kind of towers that stick out of a house. Um, and it, it hangs over a street and so medieval kind of architecture. Um, and a lot of places that I write about is 20th or, you know, in Europe. And so I've got medieval architecture that I need to, or the, the stuff that I need to describe. Um, I think until I travel to Australia, I don't think I would. Why do you ask me that? Are you not in England? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm just intrigued. <laughs> You're intrigued about Australia. See, yeah. so... <laughs> Not really. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, are you talking about Austria? Do you mean Austria, no. Donna? Did you did you just mix up Australia and Austria? No. No. But you did, didn't you? No, it's okay. I I'm going to this the story that I was talking about um, with with this name that popped up. I'm not going to share the name because it might change, but um, is going to take place in Austria. It will. Mm -hmm. and South Tyrol is practically Austria <laughs> so I can understand now why you're confused look you're like but you live in Australia right <laughs> no I'm just intrigued because obviously um you've you're American and you've talked a lot about Europe so I was just wondering about like that part of the you know like the east and <laughs> Yeah, like I said, if I traveled to Australia and I found something that intrigued me, I would probably do enough research on it to, to write a book. Right now, I have approximately 25 ideas just between from Turkey to Portugal. So 
I think I'm going to be kind of busy. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Is that your Batman light? Oh, it's meant to torch on my phone, so I can't bother to get up and turn the light on. It's better than nothing, although it's shining in my face. <laughs> yeah. I was getting dark over where you are at now too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. See? We were yeah. talking about that. She's like, where are you? It's so dark. Is it the morning? <laughs> no. No, I'm I'm very tired. <laughs> That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Me too. I've been up since five o'clock in the morning because I have kittens. Have you ever had kittens? Yeah, not for a long yeah. time. No. Yeah, they they wake you up like on the dot, you know. You're gonna like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> like, what am I a farmer now? <laughs> you know, just because I took two kittens in, now I'm a farmer. I have to get up before the dawn, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, oh they are cute though. They are. So Donna, here's what I'm going to do. Are you ready? Yep. We're going to do this a little bit differently than what you normally do. Um, I am going to give away books and I'm going to show a, a screenshot, right? That's what I said I was going to do, right? Ah, look at that. Can you see it? Yep. <laughs> this is the woman at the gates. This is a book that's based on my great aunt. She was a spy. Uh, in World War II Ukraine. And what she did was that she spied on the Soviets before the Blitz. And after the Blitz, uh, she befriended Nazis so that she could get lists of the people who were going to be deported out of the country. Um, and her real story is that she was in love with an Austrian from World War I. And at that time in Ukraine and Western Ukraine, there were plenty of Austrians who had been left over from the Habsburg um, days. And he was tragically killed helping her bring people over into the West. And I told my publisher book a tour about this story. And I said, you know, if I had one more World War II story, it would be about my great aunt. And they said, yes, Ukraine, perfect, but he can't die. It's <laughs> like, oh man. And I said, okay. So what I ended up doing was um, I mishmashed a lot of anecdotes from my, from my family. And these are based on family interviews. And I'm going to come back here because, you know, looking at the cover for a long time. Hold on one second. Stop share. There we go. Um, so what I did was I had, I had back in 1994, 95, I spent, I don't know, I think almost 14 months interviewing my family, relatives that were left um, about their experiences in World War II Ukraine. And so what I did was I took all of these experiences and I mashed it up and compounded it into the woman at the gates. But I'm all, so I'm going to give away uh, a copy of the woman at the gates and I'm going to give away a copy of souvenirs from Kiev, which is my short story collection. But in order for people to do this, they're going to have to answer a quiz. So they will have had to watch this video in order to do that. And I will post this up. As soon as you got this up, I will post this up tomorrow, which is Monday. And I'll give everybody a week. So next Friday or yeah, this coming Friday, I'll pick a winner. 
How's that? Sounds awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm going to call my, my, my girlfriend and my partner in crime. She's, uh, we're here to work on some of our, from some of my future concepts and she's kind of been my graphic designer and she does all the, this stuff to help me with my, with my publishing life. Um, I'm going to call her up and she's going to bring up that bottle of wine we opened up at dinner and we're going to Netflix it tonight, you know, girlfriend's Oof. night in a wellness hotel. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. It sounds like this. <laughs> yes. yes. Donna, I love people like you. You guys are awesome. You know, I mean, your interest in talking with us and, and letting us talk about our books and everything. This is so important. It's so important. Especially, you know, I live, I live in Austria. I, I can't go visit bookshops in America or the UK. I can. No, well, actually, COVID. No. So you understand. So yeah. everything has to be done digitally right now. And I'm so grateful for that. I really am. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Um, before we go, would you just like to tell everyone where they can find out more about you if they wish? Yeah. Um, I'm on inktricks.com or you can find me on Facebook. Um, and when I post, I will post over my Facebook author platform so people can join me. And I do, I blog once a month, um, which is always historical and cultural background articles about my books, um, about my travels, or sometimes about my husband and, uh, and, and me and how it's related to my writing, but it's always related to kind of the background to my writing. Um, and then if you want to, they can also subscribe. You can subscribe to my newsletter. I send three different segments out. One is a morning, uh, Monday morning coffee segment. And that's about my writing and kind of what's on my desk. And it's like chatting with me now, you know, um, with, you know, a uh, question of the month. So you can win a free book each quarter. And then um, my free books Friday segment when I do cross promotions with other authors so that people can kind of get to know us. And the last one is the historical and cultural background blog. So they're welcome to sign up. You're welcome to sign up. I'm going to. Okay. Donna, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Get some rest. I will. You know, um. I'm, I'm not... I'm not doing the farmer time anymore tomorrow morning. I'm going to sleep in. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I've got a day off as well, actually. So I will be too. Yay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and just send me a quick message and let me know when it's up because we're a little, yeah, we're not that big difference in time zone, but let me know when it's up and then I'll post the quiz. Okay. Awesome. I will do indeed. Enjoy your okay. evening. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Talk to you later. Yeah, bye. bye.